0: The Bible says in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng you notice the author here starts off with this this passion this as the deer pants for streams of water when you are thirsty when you need something from god the first thing you do the first thing you do is you run after him people how many How many lives have been saved because of a tragic accident or because something terrible happened and they cry out to God in that one moment and they say, God, please, God, if you're there, God, if you're real, as the deer pants for streams of water because there is something inside of us that desires to get back to where we know life is. For us, water is not that big a deal because if we couldn't, drink from our reverse osmosis filtered water or we couldn't buy bottles of water Lord help us we could even drink the tap water if we had to but but the thing is is we know that as thirsty as we ever may be we always have water and yet here the author says that as the deer Pants for streams of water because if he is blocked from that source, if there's a predator or if there's a fire, he does not know where that next stream may come from, but he knows he's got to find it and he's not going to stop until he gets there. And I want you to see how this parallels with the psalmist and he's trying to tell you the most important thing that you can happen whether it's because of tragedy or because of danger or because you fear for your life, the most important thing you can do is find the presence of God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? We Get lost sometimes in the struggle. We we finally sometimes we lose our way. Sometimes it feels like we go through moments, and and it just seems like life is going nowhere. And we don't we don't feel growth, we don't feel excitement, we don't feel that joy and that passion that we used to have. But you must get back to the living God because God is alive, and we spoke about this just a few weeks ago: that God is living. He wants to be in that fresh relationship with you. He wants to be in that relationship that brings nutrients and life. He wants to make sure that you put a smile on your face because he is responsible for you. We had a chance to go and enjoy a playoff football game yesterday. My son was able to drive down from college. And I gave him some money, and I said, hey, if you want something at concessions, just go ahead and get it. And So he comes back, and he's, he does what he usually does. He gets pizza, the most uneconomic thing you can is that the word, uneconomic? It's the worst thing you can buy at a concession stand. Because I don't know about you, but it's always the person in front of you that gets that big piece, and then you come up, and they serve you like that narrow one, and they charge you the same price. he's eating his pizza and he's eating his cookies and I finally came back because I went back to the car to grab some stuff I came back and there they are sitting there and he's already eating this pizza and cookies are already there and I said Tony didn't you get anything to drink no dad you always told me not to buy anything not to buy beverages at the concession stand now let me explain the history of this Sometimes Tony would go on these cross-country meets, and, and you know he was a fantastic runner. He used to go and do these things, and I knew that he would be hungry, so I would tell him, bring drinks and buy food. And so he would come home, and they would get home sometimes late at night, sometimes even past midnight, and he would come home. And on the way home, he would say, Dad, is there anything to eat at home? I said, did you get anything? They didn't have anything, Dad. And then I come to find out the next day that he spent all of his money on drinks and didn't buy food. You see, so so this so that's the context. And so when I gave him some money for the concession stands yesterday, he goes and he buys his pizza. He goes and buys his cookie because he knows he needs food. And I said, Tony, how come you didn't buy? How come you didn't buy any drinks? How come you didn't buy? You usually buy a drink. Oh, Dad, you know, I just you, your wisdom is so good. I listen to you. And I said, "But son, that's why I gave you money. Lily, go get me an orange Gatorade. Hurry up." And because once he knew it was it was he had a green light go why? Because I'm responsible for him as a father. And your father in heaven is responsible for you. And you may think that you're under restriction, you're under punishment, you're under judgment, but your father loves you. And the most important thing he wants to see is that smile on your face, knowing that my father cares for me. That my father will not leave me when I need him the most. Even if I have a nightmare, if I have a terrible time, if I have an injury, he'll always be there. Because he is a living, active, caring, compassionate, merciful father. And he is responsible for you. And that's why the author says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? I need to be in the presence of my God. And my tears have been my food day and night while people are saying all day long, where is your God? Doesn't it feel that way sometimes? You're sitting here, you're trying to live a good life, and then the person next to you, who doesn't even know Jesus Christ, seems to have all the success. Or maybe it's the other church that has all the success, or the other job, or the other person that has all the success. Where is your God? I'll tell you where he is. He's right where he's supposed to be. Next to me, in me, with me, around me. He's never left me nor forsaken, and he'll forsaken me, and he'll never do that to you either. But at times we don't feel his presence. At times we don't see him. And I'll tell you, people don't see God in your life. People don't see it. They see, they see the needless hurt. or the, uh, They don't understand why you're so happy. Why you're so excited about life. Why, why you feel like you are the pastor of the largest church in the whole world. Because I, I am. It's just the world doesn't know it. But I am. Why? I feel that way. Because I know this that my God is with me your God is with you and even though people may just see the fear and the tears and the pain and the agony what you see is a father who is living and loving and caring and moving on your behalf even if they don't see it because I know that once I get into the presence of God it's all that matters it's all that matters My mom, a few years ago, had a stent put in her artery. She just had some terrible blockage. And and it was life-saving. The doctor couldn't believe that, that she was going so long with no blood getting to her heart. And so they put it in, and, and uh, she did better. She just completely, you know, was a different person. My mom was you know had a had a miracle happen for her and i remember the first time we saw her she, they drove they drove in and i remember opening the door and she just started crying cuz all she wanted was to be in the presence of her family that's all she wanted and and at that moment i remember she was just I was thanking God that I got to see you guys again. Because there's something about being in the presence of family. There's something about just getting back to that place where you know you belong. And the author says this that these things I remember and I pour out my soul, and people ask me, Where is your God? That's why I strive for him. That's why I pursue him, because all I want to do is get back to know where I know it feels so good in his presence. I was praying the other day, and I was singing this song, Jesus, I Believe. It was on, the, on my playlist, Jesus, I Believe. And I remember that song when I first heard it. I was at one of the lowest points of my life. And that song came on, and I was, I was kind of mad, to be honest. How can I believe in you, God? How can I believe in you when it seems like you've abandoned me? I don't want to be too honest in church, so, but this was what I was praying to God. How can you say, how can I believe in you when it all it seems like is that you're far from me? And I was was there just weeping and listening to the song. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. And I just began to praise him. And I said, okay, God, even if I don't see it, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. And when I said that, I could just feel his presence just begin to flood my room, just begin to fill my heart. And all of a sudden, I knew that I was with the Father and the Father was with me and everything was okay everything on the outside was still the same I still had my same problems and I still still had my same struggles and I still had all of the things that reality was there and that was still there but I knew that in that room in that moment my father was there with me and people will say where's your God but you know deep down inside That if you get back to his presence, it's all going to be okay. If I just get back. Then he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go into the house of God under the protection of the mighty one. With shouts of joy and praise among everyone that was celebrating there. And I think this is important too because just as Doris shared her story. She could have been at home today. And not said anything. But she came here and she told us what is on her heart. And as that weight is upon her heart. She is with people that have faith. She's with people that believes that God can do great miracles. She's with people that love and love her and love God. And because of this she remembered. That if I can just get back to the place of fellowship, if I can get back to a place where people would worship God the way I believe, I know that I will then begin to remember His presence. And I will feel His presence. Because He's there. You don't have to live in isolation. You don't have to do it on your own. That's why we're here. Sometimes I come to church and I need you to lift me up. Don't act like you guys don't come here to church and act like you're the only ones that need lifting up. We need lifting up, too. Sometimes I come here discouraged. Sometimes I come here just having a bad week. That all of I see, I see James just looking at me, lying in church. Every week he comes lying to church. And I know that, man, God, thank you that I'm not like James. No, I don't say that. But James comes in. I say, how are you doing? All good. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I talked to Gary, I talked to Ellie, I mean, I talked to everyone, and you guys are just inspiring me. I need to get back to the place where I know God's presence is and where people are praising Him. Why? Because it helps me remember. And then this is one of the most beautiful things. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Listen, I'm hoping that none of my college professors ever hear this sermon because they're going to say, what was the point of your sermon? I said, I have no idea. I'm just sharing what's on my heart right now. I told my wife this morning, I said, I think I'm going to preach my sermon today. Well, next week. But just something in my heart just wanted to share this. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. Why are you so downcast? Because I know this. I could preach the worst sermon today. I could have messed up in all of song service, but I know that when I go home, I'm going to enjoy some delicious soup. So why so downcast? Why so disturbed? I have a church family that loves me. I have a Family, a wife that loves me, kids love me. I got decent health. Lions aren't going to lose this week because they're not playing. (laughs) You know? Amen. Amen. Why so downcast? Oh, my soul. Why so disturbed? Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that things aren't as bad as what they appear. That things aren't as gray and dark as what they appear. Because I'll tell you this, Satan will always try his hardest to make it look worse than what it is. Satan will always try to discourage you and make you feel like it is impossible. My wife and I were watching the documentary. And it was talking about the demonic forces. And this gentleman, who was a Satanist, ended up leaving satanism and end up getting the new age and then finally he gave his life to jesus and what is amazing is that he was he was sharing testimony how there were times when you couldn't even mention the name of jesus because it was so evil in this place that they would tell him don't even mention even if you use it as a cuss word don't even mention the name jesus because it interrupted everything the name of jesus why so downcast, oh, my soul? I know the one who can disrupt. I know the one who can put an end to all the things that are happening. I know the one who is greater than the darkest moment in my life. His name is Jesus. So why so downcast? Why so disturbed? You know, that's why, that's why I just, I, I, I have a hard time when people self-reflect too much. You know, when you're trying to overanalyze. You know, you try to overanalyze. Why, why am I feeling this way? Why, why is God allowing me to go through this? And you overanalyze, and maybe it's just you had a bad night of sleep. Maybe it's just that your miracle hasn't come yet. Because I know this, and I shared this on Wednesday night. That when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there before the fire of Nebuchadnezzar, and they were going to be thrown into the fire, I told this in prayer time. I said that your greatest miracle is lying on the other side of your scariest moment. That the miracle that is there, that is the things that are binding you, the things that are holding you back, the chains that are on your hands, the things that, that continue to pull you down, once you go through that fire, those things are going to get free and your miracle is going to, you're going to have freedom. But it's always scariest right before the fire. And that's like I said what the devil does. He always tries to make it look worse than what it is. But I know this, that Jesus is waiting in the fire for us. That Jesus will be there. And why so downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed? It's not as bad as what it looks. And so this is what I declare. And this is what the psalmist says: Put your hope in God. Put your hope. Your hope in God. And that is one of the things that we just need to get. It's just steadfast in our life. I am going to hope in God. I am going to have my faith, my belief, my trust. I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. It's God. And I am going to believe that his son, Jesus Christ, when he came upon the earth, spoke the truth that the spirit of God is living in me. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That we've been marked and sealed with a guarantee that we are his kids and he's responsible for us. So put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. And then he says this, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I love this because this is really about faith. About declaring what you're going to do and walking in that faith. He said, I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to put all my trust, all my my dreams, all my goals, everything that I want. I'm going to put it all in God. I'm going to put my hope in God. And even in this horrible moment, I'm going to put my hope in God. And then he said, for yet I will praise him. For I will yet praise him. His miracle hasn't happened yet. His situation hasn't turned yet. But he says, I'm going to praise him. Not only am I gonna get back to the place where people are like at church, you know, get together, or when you get together with family or friends and you you just excited, you you sharpen each other, you edify each other, those things are good. You get to church, you get to worship with people, you get to speak, speak to people of faith, but I'm gonna do it myself too. I'm gonna to do it myself too. Sometimes you just need to wake up and you just need to have a cup of coffee and spend it with Jesus. Not you girls. I got decaf for you. But you need just just, to spend time with him. Just spend time with him and praise him. Praise him. Don't praise him because of what you see or what you're going through, but praise him because your hope will never be disappointed in God. You'll never be disappointed. That's why he says those who put their hope in the Lord will never be put to shame that if we trust him and believe him, that he's going to do it. Why? Because he's responsible for you. So this morning, all I want you to just burn in your spirit as you're hearing it here or online, listen, the Father in heaven is responsible for you. So get back to his presence. Get back to that place where you can hear his voice. Get back to that place where you can find him. Start reading your Bible again. Get passionate about the Word of God. Because if you can't hear His voice, you're not reading His Word. Because the Bible says that it is living, it is active. The Bible says that it is God-breathed. This is what I love about God. You see, because back in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve messed up, and that relationship that God had with the people were broken, and now Satan came, and he, he is sitting there, and this is his kingdom. That He's now made this perfect world fall. Sin is in this place. God said, okay, God, I'm going to send a seed, and he's going to crush your head one day. And throughout history, God has protected the people so that Jesus Christ could come. But while he was doing that, you know what he did? He gave us the word of God. He gave us the word of God that all throughout the dark times, he gave us the word of God. And what I love about the Bible is this. If you could imagine that Satan is is doing his thing and he's trying to make everyone not love God and and lose their faith in God and and make me misrepresent God, all those things. God said, I'm going to give you my word. And when it's loud and you can't hear nothing, you can at least hear me. If you don't understand what you're going through, at least you can hear me. If you don't understand why or, or don't understand when or, or how, at least you can hear my voice. So you've got to get back into the Word of God. So I, I, I challenge you today. Please, get back in the Word of God. Your Father's responsible for you. He's going to take care of you. But get back to His presence. Get back to that place where you can hear His voice. Because I'll tell you this. When He whispers to you, it will completely change you. Just last week we had a... Uh, Jasmine was here and she was praying and God spoke to her just a simple thing. The way she came in, the way she left was completely different. Why? Because God spoke and she heard. You see, get back to the presence of God. Let him speak to you. So as as the deer pants for the water, I pray you have that desire, passion to get back because your father cares for you. Don't be disturbed. Don't be downcast. Put your hope in God, and you will have a reason to praise him yet. Amen?